0: All right. Racism. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, that's what we're talking about this week. Uh, Mm -hmm. Specifically whitewashing. That's uh, it's a big thing uh, in film history and still a big thing in film, in television. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is it also a big thing in theater? Maybe, maybe not.
1: Well, it it has its roots in theater. I mean, definitely. uh... Yeah. It has its roots in theater. I mean, the old minstrel shows go back to... uh, It goes back to the old minstrel shows. It goes back to... uh, Hell, it even goes back to Shakespeare.
0: I mean, it's probably, like, even goes back even further than that. I mean... But, yeah. um, Whitewashing. Uh, Yeah. You know, it's... um, It's literally a phrase taken from like back when people bleached the shit out of everything to make it look brighter and nicer but the way it's used to critique film is you know whenever there's minority roles uh, either played by white people or just like the characters themselves are changed into white mm-hmm. uh, actors and actresses and yeah. I mean, it de- depending on which of those uh it's been going on forever. Uh mm-hmm. d- literally since the beginning of film and still a problem mm-hmm. to this day. Uh Yeah. I think we'll we'll talk about a lot of the big controversies throughout the years and definitely a mm-hmm. couple from literally last year. So <laughs> Yeah, we have a lot to get to.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. We got a lot of films to, to go through. So let's start. Uh, where's a good place to start?
0: Uh, what about Valentino? Uh,
1: Valentino. Yes. Yeah. Now, for those that don't know, back in the day, back in the 1920s, Rudolph Valentino was the best known and best beloved silent film actor in the entire world. Literally, every time he walked out of his house, he would have thousands upon thousands of fans just screaming their heads off to to get a look at him.
0: Yeah, I guess you could call him, like, the first, like, uh, yeah, basically the first sex symbol in pop culture, um, mm-hmm. which is not bad for an Italian in the 1920s, back when they were yeah. ambiguously white, but yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he started off his career by basically playing a lot of uh middle eastern roles he did uh four horsemen of the apocalypse and he did uh, the sheik
0: yeah that's probably yeah. the the one that he's most famous for uh the sheik and son of the sheik
1: did he do Son of the Sheik? I thought he died be- before they did that.
0: No, yeah, he did it. Um, still, uh, he, he plays uh, both uh, the Sheik and the Son of the Sheik in that movie. Um, he completed it just <laughs> before he died, I think. I think it came out in 31 yeah. and he... No, uh, yeah, it uh, came out in 26 and... Uh, Valentino died he, that that same year.
1: Mhm. From uh, mysterious circumstances, as they say. He was only 31 when he passed away, but he died from a stomach ailment, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, peri- peritonitis. <laughs> whatever the hell that is. Yeah. Uh, for any uh, any doctors uh or surgeons or people in the medical field that happen to listen to this show, can you please uh, uh, send us an email explaining what peritonitis is?
0: Yeah, um, because I'm not going to Google that. Well, also The Sheik and the Son of the Sheik and um, Thief of Baghdad and probably there was an adaptation of Thousand and One Nights. All of these also (laughs) speak to a phenomenon that definitely in the early days of cinema but also today of like these particular portrayals of arabs in film i I may have talked Mm -hmm. about it briefly in a previous episode but there's a good book called real bad arabs r-e-e-l um by jack shaheen and he basically watches every single movie and tv show ever made about arabs and there's a consistent theme of like Arab actors generally only play like one of two roles, which is either belly dancer or uh, jihadi and Mm -hmm. uh, any possible good role uh, or sympathetic role tends to be played by white actors and white actresses as probably doesn't just exist with Arabs. I mean, Afghans and Iranians uh, go through this as well. I mean, you can see Argo for examples of Iranians Mm -hmm. like that. But yeah, uh, Arabs have been treated in this manner since the very early days of film, and
1: the same same with the Indian actors. That's As true. Well with Indian actors, it's usually it's usually like you know they play uh, like they, they play a cabbie, they play a guy who works behind a deli, they uh, occasionally they'll play a very you know dramatic role like a doctor. Or a surgeon, or something, or a lawyer, or something like that. Yeah. But, and they always, most, more often than not, like especially in the early days, leading up to the like late '90s, early 2000s, they always had to have the accent.
0: Yeah, and I think now uh, Indians have uh, they've changed into different stereotypes. So now it's probably uh, tech guys or. Uh, yeah still kind of like recent immigrants but more well off than previous indian or bangladeshi or pakistani uh immigrants Mm. but Mm -hmm. a lot of it is still extremely stereotypical roles um Mm -hmm. so yeah uh that was uh that was the 20s you know with uh valentino douglas fairbanks and Probably hundreds of Countless other others. actors,
1: and and yes, even though uh, a lot of the major or early companies did cast uh, uh, black actors in their films, they were mainly just used as uh, background roles, bit parts. If you had to have a black character who was speaking, you got a guy, you got a white guy, and you just put him in blackface. Starting with uh, starting with Birth of a Nation, actually,
0: yeah. And uh, again, we we mentioned uh, minstrel uh, minstrel shows earlier and a lot of uh, early film was continuation of like, you know, tropes on stage and tropes in vaudeville. So it's not surprising Mm -hmm. that blackface was extremely entertaining back in the day.
1: Exactly. If you want to see like, you know, the real uh, transition between the minstrelsy and films look no further than the Jazz Singer, yes. which is supposed, which is like the uh, the film that people point to where they say like you know this is when talking pictures started to take off. This is their their uh, their big break. Little do they realize it's about a uh, it's about a Jewish guy, the uh, the son of a cantor who uh, makes his living at nights performing in uh, jazz clubs uh, under uh, under blackface.
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh- you know the uh, the classic Al Jolson bits are him singing mammy or swanee river um yep. in in like the the darkest shoe polish he could find back in the day and burnt cork yeah it's um
1: burnt cork shoe polish that <laughs> stupid hairpiece that he had
0: yeah um, it's quite it's quite the sight to see Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm always, I've always been like confused with blackface and there there's there's a lot of cultures in the world where where blackface I guess is still kind of practiced like in the Netherlands one of one of Santa Claus's uh little helpers is uh, a quote unquote Moor who's basically a guy in blackface called Zwarte Piet or literally oh Black Pete and mm-hmm. uh yeah uh same stereotypes uh incredibly uh blackface big red lips uh i can't imagine right. where they might have gotten that uh, if not antebellum <laughs> south
1: <laughs> Pro- probably no but you still see blackface going on even uh even today maybe not in a uh, maybe not in films but you see it happening on like on college campuses all That's the time true. people people who think they're they're clever people think they're uh Subverting the system, people think that they're, you know, parodying or or satirizing uh, blackface by actually uh, by actually putting it on. It's like, no, that's still incredibly offensive. Why the hell would you do that? Like, for example, just past uh, Halloween, the uh, French uh, oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Antoine
2: Griezmann,
0: Griezmann. <laughs> <laughs> he literally
1: oh, he wanted to go. He want it was an '80s theme party. And he wanted to go as a a basketball player from the 1980s. So instead of just putting on a jersey that said, like, Magic Johnson or Larry Bird or Michael Jordan on it, on it no, he goes full blackface from head to toe with a giant fucking fro and a gold chain and a Harlem Globetrotters jersey.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... And the thing is, like the French national team is like 90% black men. So yeah. I, I figured someone would have told him. Is like, Antoine? I don't know. You cannot, you can address in uh, le, le, le Noir. These uh, are, uh, qu'est-ce que c'est, uh, racist? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I don't know, man. I mean, he did apologize for it doesn't that doesn't mean I have to forgive him for what he did. but France has a long history of people being incredibly incredibly racist. In fact, the last time I went to to Paris, I was denied at the service at a bar because I'm Jewish because I was wearing my Jewish star.
0: yeah, well, the racism in France is like. Uh you know, it's like triple distilled uh, organic racism.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's, uh, it's very, it's very deep. And um, <laughs> especially depending on where you go in France, the people might like just straight up call you names to your face.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, beyond that as well, um, anyone who who thinks they're some type of comedian often mistakenly think like performative blackface is like cool or like adopting black mannerisms is cool. And pretty much every like quote unquote ghetto meme account on Instagram or Twitter is probably Probably. run by like a suburban kid. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, Birth of a Nation, which surprisingly also had real black people in it. um, But every speaking role of black people was done by white actors in blackface. And, of course, Mm -hmm. given the kind of movie Birth of a Nation is, it is, uh, well, you understand.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. I dread I saw that film for the first time in college and I was dreading watching it from the beginning I'm thinking to myself like this is going to be as bad as I think it's going to be right and I watched it it's over three hours long people and I left just going oh no it was even worse it was even worse than you imagined and yet this was the uh this was like the number one movie in the world the basically the movie that kicked off the phrase motion pictures and ran at the liberty theater here in new york i don't think it's around anymore but at the liberty theater in new york and it ran for 44 straight weeks
0: yeah um i think also it was uh either in indiana or somewhere there was a there was like an opening ceremony for the film uh playing at a theater and it was Basically, uh, like a clan parade. So, that's uh, pretty much. That's a kind of history. It,
1: if you if you never seen Birth of a Nation before, uh, first of all, don't. And uh, second of all, uh, it's basically uh, revision, basically revisionist history at its absolute worst. It presents the <clears throat> the leaders of the KKK as heroes for some reason and. It portrays them as heroes, literally being greeted by a giant, a physical version, physical form of Jesus at the end of the movie, basically blessing them for what they've done.
0: This is basically the ideology of like lost cause uh, pop culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we'll we'll probably do that in another episode. There's a lot of like, uh, the the, the kind of like today is really weird, like southern uh admiration or like the lionizing of the south in in either the antebellum bellum and post bellum era of the Mm -hmm. civil war all right so i mean we'll, we'll have more examples of blackface or uh uncomfortable portrayals of black people later but the the other favorite target of early cinema beyond Arabs and black people are um, the Chinese. Mm-hmm.
2: And, yes. Uh,
0: the Chinese, you know, it's... I guess it. it's kind of a more... I, I don't know how to I say it. it. It's like... There's kind of this weird semi-admiration of like China but it's like Mm -hmm. even in movies where ostensibly it's about Chinese people and they're portrayed more or less reasonably well like you can look at Charlie Chan where this is a Chinese detective or The Good Earth Mm -hmm. which is basically a drama about Chinese farmers but still Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's uh, you know white people in yellow face and like taped eyes
1: tape dies and the uh, long queues in the back.
0: Yeah. Even even and even Catherine Hepburn uh, <laughs> got in on the act in 1944's Dragon Seed. Um, yeah, oh, basically boy. every every movie about China has like dragon or jade or pearl or whatever
1: or buddha or something like yeah. that. It's I I don't know. It's like oh god, it's just so so fucking insulting and it it, it's continued it's continued to this day i mean look what happened you know a few years look what happened a few years ago um there was a movie came out called uh aloha it's called aloha which is less of a movie and more of an excuse for uh cameron crowe and the cast and crew to vacation in hawaii for six months but um yeah uh emma stone is supposed to be this uh, half Asian character. For some reason, no explanation is given, but it's Emma Stone. I mean, you've seen Emma Stone, right? You've actually seen what she looked like, what she looks like.
0: Yeah, um, the character's name is Allison Ng, and you tell me if, like, Emma Stone would look anything like a person that has that name. Right. I mean, also beyond that, um, Hawaii is a state which is, like, 70 or 73% non-white. Uh, well, basically, mm-hmm. it's a majority non-white state, and maybe Alaska is the other one that's majority non-white, or... Uh-huh. Perhaps uh, Florida. I, uh, the, <laughs>
1: uh, look, at least for the people of Alaska in the in the early years in the early years of film, um, there's a director at MGM by the name of uh, Woody Van Dyke who uh, actually used for some of his films a lot of Inuit actors. Oh yeah, even in even in major speaking roles. So they're getting treated a hell of a lot better than folks from Hawaii.
0: That's true. Um, You
1: know, when it comes to uh, whitewashing of a movie, specifically Asian culture, and we've touched upon this several times in the past, one has to look no further than... um, Oh, God, how do I describe
0: this performance?
1: Uh, Mickey (laughs) Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think this is it like so racist that even back in the day people were like um, it, it like I mean yeah there's there were people who were like oh okay this is um it's a bit too much
1: mm-hmm. No but the New- <laughs> the New York Times of all newspapers they praised his role they actually said his role was broadly exotic
0: yeah um, <laughs> um i don't even know how to respond to that
1: how can you <laughs> how can you it's like it's like are you kidding me
0: yeah basically um mickey rooney is mr Unioshi who uh somehow is uh holly Golightly's. lightly's um if you have, if you've ever seen like doctor seuss's anti-japanese propaganda artwork um yeah it's basically like a cartoon of that but as a real person mhm so yeah
1: <laughs> so yeah to the to the millions of girl to the millions of girls who have a you know Audrey Hepburn posters uh, up in their in their rooms, right now. Like you know, you're welcome to enjoy the film. Don't get me wrong; it's still a great film, anyway. But just keep in mind that Truman Capote actually wrote the character to be, to actually look like that.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't really know how else to describe him other than like the scene he's introduced in basically is like him in a bathtub with a bandana oh, no. and and ginormous buck teeth and oh, taped no. over eyes it's it's just about it's, i mean basically it's racist on a level like we can't quite recreate with today's technology but we sure we sure are trying
1: <laughs> right <laughs> oh my god. And 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 he speaks in really bad uh English and it's oh my god, it's just ugh. Yeah. It's just why.
0: Yeah, incredibly. It's just I mean, also this is like 1961, so I figured 20 years after well, not quite not quite 20 years after the war people would get over it, but uh, I guess, you know, runs deep. Mm. Uh, just why? Just uh, uh. Yeah. Speaking of uh World War Two, uh yeah, that that earlier movie we mentioned "A Dragon Seed with uh Catherine Hepburn. It, mm-hmm. it's another Pearl S Buck, um Joint, I guess it was it was one of her novels uh, who she also wrote The Good Earth, which is also about Asian people. And the film adaptation had white actors play uh, all of the Chinese roles, basically, with speaking parts. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Catherine Hepburn in the most caked up yellow face you can imagine is. Yeah. Quite a sight to see.
1: It's not even that – she doesn't even look real. She looks like a freaking wax dummy.
0: Kind of looks like um. – what is it? Like either jaundice or gangrene.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, like the black and white version of jaundice or gangrene. Yeah,
0: basically. Um Although it is, uh, I'm looking at the cast list now. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of incredible that they have a Turkish guy in the movie, Turhan Bey, as uh, apparently as her husband. So.
1: Lau Tan.
0: Yeah. That's hmm. uh It's unexpected.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. It's a movie that takes place in a peaceful village in China, and yet I do not see any, like, Asian actors in the entire cast.
0: Yeah, they didn't even have Anna May Wong, who was... No, the, like the go-to. Yeah, wh- who was basically the Asian actress.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah, um... And yeah, uh, Charlie Chan, who was a very popular—I uh, think it was also a novel. Uh, was a very popular detective, uh, but pretty much every person who's ever played Charlie Chan is white.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, the the first guy uh, was uh the first major successful uh, charlie chan movie uh they had a swedish guy play uh charlie chan <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah warner oland is his name yeah uh who i bet when my like, casting directors first saw him they're like you know hey you look asian enough let's uh, throw let's cake some makeup on you and uh slant your eyes a little bit you'll totally be able to He'll totally be able to do this.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently here they did have Asian actors. They had Japanese uh, actors, and um, I think one Chinese, one actual Chinese person. But um, yeah, people back then would rather be dead than, I guess, watch watch the, the those Orientals in cinema. Right. So oh my God. until until they brought in the Swedish guy, um, mm-hmm. nobody uh, nobody liked the Charlie Chan movies.
1: Right, and he starred in sixteen of those films.
0: Yes, incredibly. <laughs> and uh, The successor, uh, Sidney Toler, uh, made twenty-two Charlie Chan movies, and uh, of 22? course, twenty-two. Sidney Jesus. Toler, um, also a white man
1: mm-hmm uh, apparently uh it says here that uh Owen he took his role as charlie chan very seriously he uh he studied chinese he learned uh calligraphy
0: okay but the, uh, that
1: still doesn't that still doesn't make up for the fact that you're a white actor portraying an asian character
0: I and mean, this is basically uh the robert downey jr character from tropic thunder
1: Oh uh, yeah. We'll, well, actually, no, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's talk about that right now. Um, I look, no matter who I talk to, they're always going to say that they found, uh, RDJ's performance in Tropic Thunder absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I guess the movie tries to be clever by saying, you know, uh, oh, this guy is, uh, so, uh, like this guy is such an insane method actor. He gets so into his roles. He got so into this role by having this kind of a, having this kind of surgery and like multiple tanning sessions a week to portray the uh, uh, the black sergeant in the movie. It, I knew it was going to be problematic from day one.
0: Yeah. And I I do think that's kind of the point, but certainly it's given the history of like blackface in cinema, it's kind of, uh, you know, and it rubs you the wrong way. Yeah. Although I will defend Tropic Thunder is probably the funniest movie of the two (laughs) thousands.
1: You know what? You're probably right.
0: Uh, but yeah, uh, did did he get nominated for an oscar
1: he got nominated for an oscar for that role
0: (laughs) oh man that's that's just the most fucked up like twist of fate
1: just it's like i'm I'm just like what
0: yeah (laughs)
1: it's like what seriously
0: yeah basically oh my god
1: Oh my God! That'd be like if Tom—that'd be like if Tom Cruise like dresses up in a full geisha costume and somehow gets nominated for an Oscar.
0: Oh man! <laughs> Beyond Charlie Chan, the other iconic Asian character from the early days of cinema is, of course, Fu Manchu. Um, That's right. Which is the. I guess the one that came earlier because the the, the yellow peril stereotypes probably existed since the late nineteenth century. Uh it probably grew mm-hmm. out of like the Boxer Rebellion and like the colonialism in China that was happening. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, Fu Manchu, I think despite there not being Fu Manchu in recent years, people still know what we're talking about when we say Fu Manchu. It's a guy who dresses up like a Chinese vampire, you know, that that round hat the robes, the the silk, and of course, the long mustache and uh, expressive eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, every single person okay. that has ever played Fu Manchu has been white.
1: Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, including uh, Warner Olin, Mr. Charlie Chan himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Including uh, Christopher Lee, uh, I think it was in a couple of. Boris, yeah, Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Peter Sellers. Yeah, even
0: Peter Sellers in in like that in the, I guess it was more of like a spoof movie.
1: Yeah, the fiendish plot of Doctor Fu Manchu.
0: And uh, I don't know if you remember, but Nicolas Cage also played Fu Manchu in a fake trailer.
1: Oh my God, he did. Yeah. Oh, because Nicolas Cage, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like because Nicolas Cage. I, if you want to know about more of what we think of Nicolas Cage personally, go check our uh, our two parter uh, episode, yeah, on him.
0: It's uh definitely a lot to go over right, going beyond like the thirties and forties, and i think we'll 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 get back to the sixties now mm-hmm. the other uh well, I guess it came out in like the mid fifties, but for some reason, I always think of it as like a sixties movie, but you know the other famous asian role that almost a lot of movie and theater people think of is uh the king and i and oh yes the role yes, of course of king mongkut is almost always considered you know synonymous with yul brinner that's right Who? that's right who, who, who i guess made a career uh, out of looking vaguely ethnic
1: Yes. And for those that don't know, Yul Brenner is Russian by birth. Yeah.
0: And he does have like some distant, like Russian Tatar ancestry, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think he was, yeah, mostly Russian.
1: Yeah. But you're right. He made a living based on that role. Not only did he portray him in the movie, but he also portrayed him like three separate times on Broadway.
0: Yeah, including I think one towards the end of his life, and one where it was like, sometime in the. When did he die? Yeah, sometime in the '80s was the last time he yeah. played King Mongkut on stage.
1: That's right, and as, as I re- re- recall from like reading about it, he looked absolutely terrible. Like his smoking habit had finally, like his emphysema had finally caught up with him. Yeah. At that point, he could no longer like belt out all the, uh, all the tunes that had made him uh, that had made him famous. But mm-hmm. I feel like with Yul Brynner, he kind of had a history of like cultural uh, appropriation or whitewashing going back to when he did uh, the Ten Commandments, where he played King Ramses.
0: Yeah. Uh. I mean, again, he's made an entire career of being vaguely ethnic. So he was also Solomon in Solomon and Sheba. Um oh boy. He was Taras Bulba in that film which I do actually like. <laughs> uh he was Pancho uh, Villa uh, Pancho Villa in Via Rides and uh he was Sharif oh, in Escape from Zahrain, another uh, another one of those like weird orientalist romances that was popular in the 60s. Uh you can uh, you can see uh you know, Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Lion of the Desert, um,
1: Doctor Zhivago, Doctor
0: Zhivago. Um, what's that? What's that Greek one?
1: Oh. Uh, oh my God! I know which one you're talking about, but. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, I forget the name.
0: Yeah, fuck. Um,
1: oh, is it is it Zorba? Is Zorba,
0: Zorba, the, the Greek? Greek. There we go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, starring uh, the one and only Anthony Quinn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was also another person that made. Uh, Wait. Well, I guess he was. Was he born in Mexico?
1: What was he? H- hang on, let me see. I don't. I never knew. Never knew about Anthony Quinn or what his
0: he was born son. in Mexico
1: in Chihuahua.
0: Yeah, but well, I guess he I guess he counts. He's half Mexican, half Irish.
1: Yeah, it, that's fine. We'll, we'll give him a pass. Yeah, for this one, one guy I cannot give a pass to at all. Who tried his hand at a stereotyping was John Wayne playing Genghis Khan in The Conqueror.
0: Yeah. um, Oh, boy. (laughs) Which, beyond the casting and beyond how he completely shit the bed in the box office, (laughs) it also has a very, very interesting uh, production story. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just say um, it was filmed in the Nevada desert in uh, the 50s, and you can understand why that's a bad thing. Uh,
1: yes, there were uh, right by uh, Nellis Air Force Base, about 70 miles from Vegas, there were a lot of uh, bomb testings that were happening. And it just so happened that the production of The Conqueror was very, very close to, to a lot of those uh, bomb testings.
0: Yeah, I think and the site was literally downwind from those test sites. so
1: It was. <laughs> it was. And as a result, approximately uh, 91 of the 226 uh, people on the cast and crew died either instantly or at some point in their lives from long-term radiation poisoning.
0: Yeah, um,
1: in, including the film star, including uh, the uh, the female lead, including uh, the supporting role, including the
0: including director, the director,
1: <laughs> and including the producer himself. Do you know who produced that film?
0: Howard Hughes.
1: That's right, Howard fucking Hughes himself. <laughs> he wasn't in. He wasn't quite into his uh, old man yells at cloud phase in his career, but let's just say he was getting pretty close.
0: Yeah, this was was very late stage, um, Hughes.
1: Mm -hmm. Before he moved to Vegas permanently and became a reclusive nut.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, I haven't seen clips of this movie in a while, but John Wayne... Trying Ugh. to be a serious, like, portrayal of Genghis Khan. Just, I, I remember it being exceptionally comical.
1: Oh, my God. It is... Oh, it is so bad. It's a lot worse than... It's a lot worse than you think, believe me. I, I saw some clips, and... Oh, my God, is it bad. They give him the full slant eye performance, they give him the Fu Manchu, and they give him, like, the full attire and everything, but he still sounds like John Wayne. Yeah. He still's like, I'm gonna get this here group of engines and ride off into the sunset.
0: We're gonna be invading China, Pilgrim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Basically, John Wayne didn't play any role. He was just cast as John Wayne.
0: yeah. Pretty much, yeah. in basically <laughs> every movie, he's just John Wayne.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like you immediately forget. It's like, oh, your character's name is uh, is so and so. Yeah, I'm gonna forget that about five seconds after you walk away.
0: <laughs> yeah, um... which lead, <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it's <sighs> John John Wayne. Oh feel like there could be an episode where we talk about him or mm-hmm. just like or i get i guess we can even though he basically sit, plays the same role his whole career yeah but it actually it actually leads me to another uh, leads to another interesting point which is also uh, in most of those films either directed by uh, you know John Ford or Howard Hawks a lot of the uh, native american actors are just white guys in uh, in red face.
0: Yeah, um, including that famous uh, that famous uh, quote unquote Native American in um, in in the trash uh, PSA. Oh, Iron Eyes Cody. Commercial. Yeah, yeah. Iron Eyes uh, Cody. He's no, Italian. He's not
1: actually. <laughs> he was not actually Native American. No, he was Italian by birth.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: His real name. Ma- his real name was, uh, hang on, uh, Espera Oscar de Corti.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, that's... um. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Look,
1: look, I I pro- I probably shouldn't be doing this, but I'm actually going to give uh, Iron Ice Cody a lot of credit because... Um, despite the fact that he was born Italian and basically took on the role of native American, like just to earn a paycheck or something, he actually fully embraced being a a native American or like adopting the native American lifestyle.
0: Which I guess, um, I think is, uh, historic historically is what did happen to some people. I mean, I mean we'll we'll you know, we'll talk about uh, last of the Mohicans, but yeah,
1: right. ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, last of the Mohicans. but I mean <sighs> look, if you want to if you want to know more about a Native American portrayal, in uh, in film. There's a great documentary. I think it's on Netflix right now. It's called a uh, Real Engine R E E L I N J U N. And there's a, a mo there's a moment where this Native American uh, stand up comic, he's he's doing his routine and he's like, you know, like, yeah, a lot of white guys playing uh na- playing uh, na- Native Americans, Chuck Connors, who's famous for a TV show called The Rifleman, like Chuck Connors as Geronimo, that'd be like saying Adam Sandler as Malcolm X.
0: Although maybe I wouldn't put past Adam Sandler to actually play Malcolm X at some point.
1: Oh, but wait a minute. Oh, but no. <laughs> Adam Sandler actually, in The Ridiculous Six, yeah, yeah, his yeah. character is supposed to be half Native American. Yeah. <laughs> Which was so ignorant and piss poor that six native american actors actually walked off the set.
0: Good. Yes, good. <laughs> oh man. Um and of course, uh there there's always uh, Tonto who oh, Tonto in the recent yes. in the recent um
1: Lone Ranger Lone
0: Ranger uh, played by Johnny Depp for some reason
1: Johnny Deep
0: yeah Johnny Deep
1: <laughs> um yeah and Johnny Depp can talk about all he wants about how uh, like he has like Native American heritage and anything I don't buy that for one second or like how he's like you know 116th or one uh, 130 second Native American it's like no No, you have to realize the actor playing Tonto in the uh, in the TV show was actually Native American. And it's like, you know, like, why are you still doing the uh, the quote unquote Tonto speak in 2013?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a trope that persists and it just comes across as awkward and extremely racist nowadays.
1: Mm hmm. Actually, interesting story. The, uh, talking about revisionist history right here, the Lone Ranger mm-hmm. was actually based off of a uh, a Texas Ranger named Bass Reeves, who actually was black.
0: Yeah, um, didn't expect that one.
1: <laughs> right. It's like, but it's the 1950s. They're like, you know... No, we can't have, uh, I, can, I can imagine like all the uh, like the NBC brass, you know, smoking their big ass cigars up in 30 Rock just going, no, yeah. no, we can't have, uh, we can't have a black superhero on our, our TV shows. No, let's make him into a white guy.
0: Yeah. It's probably a lot more slurs than that.
1: Uh, it, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I tamed it down. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for today for the sake of uh, <laughs> yeah and, and besides i'm white i can't say those words yeah. at all
0: yeah we can't have a Boo! on television <laughs> uh, yeah yeah
1: there's something like that
0: oh man but yeah uh back in uh back in the 60s uh we also see the continuation of uh non-Arabs playing Arabs. So we have uh, Sir Alec Guinness uh, in Lawrence of Arabia as Prince Faisal. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: And uh, to be fair, a lot of Arabs do uh, look white. And officially on the U.S. Census, they identify as white, and a lot of them pass as white, but Mm -hmm. sure as hell aren't white now.
1: Well, how about the biggest example? (laughs) How about about Elizabeth Taylor as Cleopatra?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, who was a Greek Egyptian and Elizabeth Taylor is neither of those.
1: She's uh, British by birth and spent most of her life in America. Yeah. Hell, even in the new, uh, even in the new uh, Assassin's Creed game, they give uh, the character of Cleopatra a very, I wouldn't say thick English accent, but you can definitely hear it.
0: well assassin's creed also had a game set in france and no one sounded no one spoke with a french accent
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh god oh yes yeah let's not have anybody uh uh, speak with a french accent but when we we're in renaissance Italy. let's go like you know Hey, eat the, eat the spaghetti.
0: Let's uh, let's have everybody talker like this. Yeah, uh, it's a me, Mario. It's yeah, <laughs> the spaghetti. That,
1: that's actually a line. Yeah, Assassin's
0: Creed. Assassin's Creed, Two. Hey, it's yo, it's a me, Mario, your uncle. <laughs> like, Where are we going, gonna 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 the the Borgias? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't you recognize
1: me? It's a me, Mario.
0: Yeah. Oh God um assassin's creed like i don't know assassin's creed 2 is like they they went all in with the with the italian accent and then um assassin's creed 3 they had a lot of native american voice actors but then the other ones are just kind of weird (laughs) yeah oh man (laughs)
1: Well yeah I mean you got a uh, you got Unity that takes place uh you got Unity that takes place in France where no one has a french accent you got a syndicate which takes place in a steampunk uh, London and apparently everyone speaks with a cockney accent
0: Well you're playing a criminal so I guess they're just they're just, well, I, I, they're I just makes- <laughs> continuing the the dickensian trope of everyone below middle class speaks like a cockney
1: pretty much you had assassins creed uh black flag the golden age of piracy where of course everybody talks with a british accent
0: yeah i I don't think anyone spoke with a west country accent though that's that's like the the one everyone thinks of when they talk like a pirate is actually west country
1: that's that's a west country accent or uh, the guy uh the guy in the Darth Vader suit for uh, the original uh, Star Wars trilogy. Uh,
0: yeah, David Prowse.
1: <laughs> David Prowse, uh, yeah. <laughs> he had a thick West Country accent. Why do you think they used James Earl Jones' voice? Yeah,
0: it's. Uh, I remember seeing the documentary on Star Wars, and they had the original footage from the set, and David yeah. Prowse was de- delivering Vader's lines, and I just had to pause and like take five minutes to laugh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's like, you know, I'm pretty sure when, when Lucas was sitting on the set and was hearing David Prowse speak, he's thinking to himself like, you know, oh, God, what have I done?
0: Yeah. But you can you can just imagine, um, you know, Darth Vader speaking. All right, me on some whereby two to the map."
1: <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, no, no, your son. Uh, I am your father.
0: Oh am son. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that probably would have been a better movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you mean the critically acclaimed "The Empire Strikes Back would be a much better movie had they allowed David Prowse to do his natural voice?
0: I think so. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, between, the, between the 95% of Rotten Tomatoes right now and something else,
0: oh, I don't man. know. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah like, you
1: know, <laughs> but like, going back to the original point, it's like the portrayal of you know uh, people of Arab descent as portrayed mostly by white guys has continued to this day. I mean, look at all the films. Nowadays, it take place in, uh, in ancient Egypt. You know, look at a movie like uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings, which we talked about in the Ridley Scott episode, where you have Christian Bale, you have Batman playing Moses.
0: Yeah. And uh, let's not forget Gods of Egypt. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. It seems like Gerard Butler went to the uh, Sean Connery School of Acting, which is, uh, if they if they give you a character, which is another es- ethnicity, just use your Scottish accent.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, basically, you know, everyone remembers Gerard Butler as either uh, uh, Phantom of the Opera or King Leonidas, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Leonidas sounds nothing like, well, well, like nothing like anything. Right.
1: It's like, okay, you're supposed to be portraying this, uh, this uh, Greek revolutionary. Yeah. And yet all I can hear is, Vesh,
0: Esh, Sparta. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, each and every one of his, like, characters is basically Glaswegian.
1: yeah yeah pretty much oh except the many times he tries to do an american accent and just fails horribly yeah it should have taken a cue from uh, sir sean just stick with the scottish accent people aren't gonna <laughs> give a shit
0: yeah eventually people will stop giving a shit
1: yeah uh no, but continuing with that trend, you have uh, a movie adaptation of Prince of Persia, starring Jake Gyllenhaal.
0: Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal as as an Iranian, and um, what's her name? Gemma Arterton. Arterton. Ar, Ar, F- yeah. Yeah. As as a Persian princess. <laughs> oh man. Also, bonus points for Ben Kingsley being the obvious bad guy.
1: (laughs) I feel like they always turn to Ben Kingsley to uh, basically say, like, you know, oh, this movie can't possibly be racist. You know, we have Ben Kingsley in it.
0: Yeah. Which is... um...
1: To which I'll give (laughs) Ben Kingsley credit. He is of Indian descent, so the choice, like, to, of him to play Gandhi is like perfectly fine. I have nothing against that. But when you have Christopher Lee, who is like as English as they come, playing uh, Muhammad Ali Jinnah, the founder of Pakistan.
0: Yeah. By the way, um, the reason why I was confused and, and thought it was Alec Guinness is because Alec Guinness did portray an Indian person in A Passage to India. Uh, uh-huh. Professor, uh, Godbully, and Godbuli. Okay. yeah, is it's it's about it's, it's about what you expect.
1: Oh God, okay. Um,
0: yeah, yeah uh, uh, Alec it, it, Guinness as Hindu Brahmin Professor Narayan Godbuli.
1: Wow, <laughs> that that is just that's just as bad as I'm imagining it. Yeah. That's that's just as bad. Oh, my, uh, look, man. For all the success that Alec Guinness had in his career, it's like, you know, for all the success he had with the uh, Bridge on the River Kwai, Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Star Wars, Oliver Dr. Twist, Zhivago. Dr. Zhivago. It's like, It's like come on. Really?
0: I mean, Al Guinness also hated Star Wars eventually, so <laughs> he
1: did. Apparently, there's a lot of conflicting stories. I think
0: that I think on set like he's nice and professional and like he's very courteous and Yeah. He doesn't like he just doesn't appreciate that this is the role that people associate with him considering his long career. Under- which is understandable.
1: I Yes, no, I completely understand. Like you know, you want to be remembered for your body of work. Yeah. But then again, like you know, if if there's one role that you know you happen to be, you know, you happen to do, and you're remembered for that role for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. like, isn't that something as well? Don't, aren't you? Don't you get a little bit of a thrill just from recognition alone?
0: I guess, but he did end up like throwing out all the fan mail he got for Star Wars. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay, then why did he come <laughs> back and do What? Why he come back and do uh, Empire and Return?
0: Um, a lot of money.
1: No. Yep, that's it.
0: <laughs> I think I think yeah. the studio doubled uh, the initial offer, so he ended up in the first one, and then he negotiated a deal for like. Uh, a, a like a very generous amount of the royalties. Yeah. Oh, here it you is. Uh, no complaints. Let me leave it by saying I can live for the rest of my life in the reasonably modest way I am now used to. That I have no debts and I can afford to refuse work that doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> oh man.
1: Wow. Okay. That's it's quite a.
0: You know what I? I you know wow. I? I respect that.
1: <laughs> I, I do too that's uh, you, that's
0: you what know what most... at least he's he's out in the open he's saying like you know it i i didn't believe in it but i was nice to everyone on set i i i I did my lines and i washed my hands of this
1: i washed my hands of it that's the most elegant way of saying like you know i did the role now leave me alone yeah <laughs>
0: Oh man! Like
1: going for going forward, uh, you know this trend of like white guys pretending to be you know other actors, or what, or just just whitewashing in general. That continued in the nineteen eighties. The short circuit ring a bell?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, man.
1: Oh my god! Uh, yes, in short circuit, the movie about the ah uh, the robot that. Grows a soul and, you know, defeats the uh, the bad guys. Uh, there is a character there named uh, <clears throat> uh, Ben Jabituya. Yes, he is Indian. He speaks with a very thick Indian accent. And he's played by a white guy, Fisher Stevens.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: And yes, for those that have seen the film, it is as bad as you as you remember it.
0: I mean, it's what basically a poo, right? But real life. It was
1: a it was a poo before a poo was a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a like the thing. If you've seen the documentary, it's a. it's actually a thing. There's actually a word to describe you know the thick, uh, very thick uh, Indian accent. It's called patanking. Yeah. And a lot of uh, casting directors tell these uh, Indian actors to do it, you know, for the sake of comedy. But it's a white guy doing the role.
0: Yeah. um, I I don't know what else to say about that, man. And by the way, uh, Short Circuit also has a sequel. And yes, he is back.
1: (laughs) No, he's like the main guy. because he's like the main guy in addition to the robot because the first film had Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy mm-hmm. in it. But by the time they got to the second film, it's like, you know, yes, we're, uh, we're way too, uh, way too expensive right now to uh, appear in your, uh, your little uh, sequel. So uh, good luck without us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> we, we've been talking about like white people, uh, you know, either going in yellow face or brown face or black face. But there's also a lot of instances where the roles themselves are rewritten and changed into Mm -hmm. white people. So, I mean, there was that movie, uh, 21, about people who, like, use math to basically win gambling. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, originally the, the true story is, um, it, the group were American, uh, Asian American students, and I think the teacher was also Asian, uh, it was, but everyone in the, every main character in the movie is white.
1: <laughs> there's, there's like two, two Asian characters in the entire movie and they just serve as like the, uh, the sidekicks, if you will.
0: Yeah. So... Jim Sturgis, Kate Bosworth, uh Kevin Spacey, they all played originally Asian people who were rewritten for white people. Right. So, I mean that that still happens a lot, I guess.
1: Yeah. God, I God, I hated that movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I never seen it, so
1: you're uh, you're <laughs> not missing out, believe me.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's you know, it's like yeah, like if you just want to see uh, you know story about kids going to Las Vegas and you know just and just gambling, you know, watch literally any other film.
0: Yeah. There, there's also. Uh weird instance with um star trek into darkness i don't know if you oh yeah
1: what were the
2: well with benedict yeah so benedict cumberbatch
0: plays khan right who's indian but i mean i don't think anyone indian ever played khan i mean the original the original actor was ricardo montalban so, yes,
1: and that that is legally required. How you pronounce his name? Yeah, the in, in
0: every instance, you have to say it that way. But yeah, so, and I, so I I really don't know what to say about this particular role because I mean, because like originally it was saying like oh this the the villain is a guy named John Harrison so I'm like yeah, whatever. But then, when they mm-hmm. w- w- when it was revealed that he he was Khan, the 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 classic uh, villain from Wrath of Khan and uh, the episode Space Seed, I, I'm just confused.
1: Yeah, it's like for the sake of you know spontaneity, it's like you know, eh, we'll throw this in here. I'm sure that won't piss off the fans at all.
0: Yeah, like there's there's not really a lead up to like this person is con mm-hmm.
1: there
0: there's I, I don't know it's it, it's like there's a there's a half of the movie where where after it was revealed that he was con where everything's comes into play and like the previous half was more or less yeah okay it's a new villain that makes sense
1: hmm. yeah But it's like look, that's what make that's what makes Wrath of Khan so good is because you actually like if you grew up watching the original Star Trek, you remember this character and when you mm-hmm. see him in the, the film you're just like, mm-hmm. you know, oh my mm-hmm. god, he's coming back to to get revenge. Yeah. Find Captain Kirk that revenge is a dish best served cold.
0: Yeah, which, you know, in a two-hour movie, there there's not that much lead-up, and I, I, I don't know, it just comes across as kind of like a weak, you know, wink at the fans.
1: <sighs> That's probably the weakest wink at the fans.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm also Who, uh, of the opinion that J.J. Abrams can't make a Star Trek movie. Uh,
1: No, because he basically... uh in into darkness he copied the end of wrath of khan yeah where i think it's now in wrath of khan it's kirk that sacrifices himself and not spock
0: yeah yeah and in into darkness uh, kirk uh, sacrifices himself
1: and then is get gets treated by something called super blood
0: yeah of course <laughs>
1: because you have to understand when the, when Wrath of Khan came out there was no guarantee that uh, Leonard Nimoy was going to return yeah. for the third one that's mm-hmm. why they killed him off yeah and then finally they said look, th- look we want you back we want you to do another Star Trek film hell we'll even uh, we'll even let you direct this one and he's <laughs> like okay oh man <laughs> uh, but sorry, there's, there is one film that keeps bugging me. That's that keeps popping up that we haven't talked about yet. And that's the last there
0: Yeah. Which is out of all of these movies, this is uh this is one made by an Indian person. And yet it, the casting choices are the, are probably the most confusing
1: yeah, because uh the characters of Aang, Katara and Sokka, who are supposed to be of uh Asian descent in the uh in the TV show, are played by three white actors.
0: Yeah. And uh, the entire Fire Nation is for some reason Indians.
1: Yes, led by uh Dev Patel and uh Asif Manvi from the TV yeah. show. <laughs>
0: I saw him in the trailer, and I was like, D- really? <laughs> like, nothing uh, against Asif Manvi, but th- in in this? In this?
1: Yeah. It's almost like seeing, uh, it's almost like when you saw uh, Cal Penn for the first time in the Van Wilder movies.
0: Oh, yeah, they were trying to, they were <laughs> they were really trying to do that. Huh, like,
1: which kind of which kind of begs the question: If he hated the role so much, apparently he, uh, after his agent told him about the script, he immediately hung up the phone. But his agent like convinced him to do the role, but he hated it. Like, but if he hated it so much, why would he come back for the shitty sequel? Yeah,
0: uh, the rise of Taj.
1: Yeah, the rise of Taj, which. <laughs>
0: oh boy that's I uh, think the, yeah
1: I think the less said about that film the, the better
0: yep I mean the last airbender like it's uh really I have no idea like why the, those decisions were made
1: was it I don't know was it was it done by Shyamalan himself was it done at the behest of
0: the studios I don't yeah I mean ostensibly like it's it's like it, Shyamalan said he liked he's a fan of Avatar the Last Airbender and yet it doesn't come across like that at all
2: mm-hmm.
0: so really I, yeah Um, in the grand tradition of you know roles being written for rewritten for white people 2017 gave us a beguiled by sophia coppola who one of the characters uh was recast as a white teacher instead of the mixed race character it originally was and an entire full-fledged black character was, was cut out
1: right because uh as, as if to say like you know there's no way uh there's no way black people existed at the time of the Civil War. That can't possibly be true.
0: Yeah, I mean, why, like, why would there be black people during the Civil War? You know,
1: it'd be like, it's like, oh, like, yeah, it's like, you know, that that wasn't the reason why the war was fought in the first place.
0: Hey, it's about states' Duh. rights.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's about states' rights, right there. Uh-huh. Why do you think? It, why do you think it's called the War Between the States?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean the obvious answer is like, okay, but the state's rights to own what? Exactly. <laughs> the state's rights to do what? Like yeah, exactly. like sure, it is about states' rights, but this but 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 the right to what?
1: The right to what? Exactly. The right fill in the sentence. The right to own
0: slaves. <laughs> it's like yeah that's you know and 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 there's people saying like oh it's for economic reasons and i'm like yeah they they, they, like why is the southern economy economy of of what the 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 the, the southern economy was what exactly (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Uh, and uh i was like oh it was cotton yeah who uh who picked that cotton for you
0: (laughs) yeah one of the biggest uh backlash i could uh remember was uh death note Um, oh
1: my god i have never seen so much vitriol (laughs) in my entire life the literally the moment it first premiered five minutes later i saw thousands upon thousands of posts on facebook just going like you know what the
0: fuck was that yeah so basically death note is um originally a manga about some guy called Light Yagami who discovers a notebook where if you write someone's name on it, they die. Now, for whatever reason, the English language adaptation decides to relocate the story to Seattle and everyone is white. Despite the fact that Seattle, even like they did do Seattle, Seattle still has a lot of fucking Asian people there. Right. So right. I it's just really confusing.
1: Yeah, and he's main guy is played by Nat Wolf, of all people.
0: Yeah. Um
1: who's not even close to being Asian.
0: Yeah, so anyway. They rename him Light Turner and all of the main characters are basically white.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, from light from light Yagami to Light Turner. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, speaking of a uh, poorly awful uh, adaptations of beloved manga, Ghost in the Shell.
0: Yeah, which is probably the biggest. It even like made it to mainstream media. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the casting of Scarlett Johansson uh, as uh, the major and the quote-unquote justification of why the character is like that is
1: really—it's well, something like, else. It's like what is it? It's the—it's uh, a white woman, but who has the memory of an Asian woman? Is that it? Or
0: yeah, so basically, uh, originally. It was major uh, Motoko Kusanagi, but she has critical injuries, so her brain is put into a white uh, like a white robot's body, basically.
1: yeah, yeah, that's uh, sure not gonna piss off the fans,
0: yeah that, and I'm a hundred percent sure that that was like a late addition to the movie. Probably like they didn't consider that until the, all this cons controversy happened.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was so, it was like, it was so bullshit that even beat Takeshi who plays the, uh, the villain, he yeah. didn't even bother like to speak. He didn't even bother to speak English. He just like, you know, Nope, fuck this. I'm going to do this all in Japanese and there's not a damn thing you can do about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. It is really perplexing that somehow they have this great source material, and there's. And it was originally popular because it was anime, so people already know that this is Asian as fuck. So mm-hmm. I'm just really flabbergasted why that first of all, the character was rewritten to basically a white woman. And then in an attempt to, I guess, answer the critics, they, they come up with this shit. It's bizarre. And ultimately it's, it's really disrespectful and terrible.
1: So like the question The question remains, though, like going forward, we have all these instances of whitewashing in film spanning all uh, all races and ethnicities. Will there ever be a moment where people can actually just say, like, you know, hey, this is fucked up. We need to stop doing this. We need to create a law that specifically, you know, stops people from doing this.
0: I don't know if the answer is like some sort of mandate or law or code or whatever, but obviously I don't think anything's going to change until there's a massive self crit of pop culture because Mm -hmm. pop culture is, is just really tied to the realities of like institutional racism and microaggressions. And basically like if you've ever seen you know pop culture relics from before the civil rights movement you understand just how deeply racist American society is right so i i don't think anything is necessarily going to change until there's a giant self-crit about how is it that we view narratives how how is it that we look at pop culture how is it that we create pop culture and where does it come from where do these tropes come from where do these stereotypes come from and why is it that we feel like we have to rely on these things to make movies and right. there's of course the business side of it which even people like will smith and denzel washington sometimes argue for and against which is that only white actors make money and fair enough you know like sometimes black actors get paid really well but the reality is a lot of the blockbuster roles still go to uh, majority white actors a lot of the dramatic roles still go to majority white actors so right until there's a serious effort to kind of i guess in a cliche way to do kind of like industry-wide blind casting then it's not quite gonna change although there there's a lot more it's a lot more positive now there's a lot more uh diversity and blockbusters and probably some dramatic roles but i mean you know we have black panther to look forward to which is the first like pretty much every main character is black yeah. Except uh, one of the bad guys who, in a nice touch, is South African. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, n- nice touch right there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, but I still can't wait to see it. It's going to be an awesome, awesome movie.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I mean, we talked about John Boyega. Um, so there's uh, black people in sci-fi. And I'm sure um, Ursula Le Guin is happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you never read any Ursula Le Guin books, uh people out there, they're great. Um yeah, I don't think I've I've really realized like how a lot of sci fi kind of defaults to like having white protagonists until like I was reading Ursula Le Guin and then she says, This main character's skin is black or brown and I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's like, all right then.
0: Yeah. All right. So, is there anything we have to watch out for in terms of whitewashing? I think I I seem to remember uh, there's a Her there's a Hervé uh movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, Starring Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage,
1: who is neither French nor <laughs> nor Cambodian.
0: Who um. Besides, the one obvious feature has nothing in common with their baby liches.
1: It's a movie that he's been wanting to make for for the longest time, which I completely understand, yeah. but cast somebody else yeah, yeah. for it. Cast, cast the guy who was just in uh, uh, The Greatest Showman, the guy who played uh, uh, Tom Thumb.
0: What about, what about the all those little people they used um, in Lord of the Rings? Like, didn't they use uh, actual uh, little people as doubles for uh, the Hobbit characters?
1: They did, yes. I don't think any one of them were of Asian descent, though.
0: Really? Actually, I thought one of actually, them was.
1: Actually, no, wait, no. No, might have, there might have been some that were of Maori descent.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, um, speaking of... Uh, Asian uh, little people, Asian dwarves. There's there's a movie called The Year of Living Dangerously, um, starring Mel Gibson. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people have seen it. I think it was pretty successful, so probably.
1: It was. My dad loves that film for some reason.
0: um, Mel Gibson and Sigourney Weaver. Um, Mel Gibson obviously plays an Australian uh, they, they're in Jakarta during the uh, 30th of September movement in 1965, which is a big coup. And Linda Hunt plays Hamilton's local photographer con- contact as a male dwarf named Billy Kwan in brownface.
1: Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God.
0: This is just the most incredible. Uh, I, I don't know, like casting decision uh, makeup that. Yeah. If you do me a favor and um, it's on the Wikipedia page. Uh, Linda Hunt as Billy Kwan. It just I don't really need to say anything else mm-hmm <laughs> yeah hair dyed black um wore padding around her waist shave her eyebrows and uh
1: oh my god yeah it it is oh.
0: it is basically mr Yunioshi level
1: uh yeah yeah
0: <laughs> oh man wow and um, you know what? Now now I, I, I kind of respect uh, the Indonesian government saying, yeah, you can't make this movie here. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame them. <laughs>
3: I think they eventually had them. to
0: shoot in the Philippines or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, the bulk of it was shot in the Philippines. And there were uh, death threats against the, the director, Peter Weir, and Mel Gibson.
0: Good. <laughs> um yeah jesus christ um that's uh that's an image that you know what that that might be the episode image
1: yeah it actually you know what it is
0: Uh, it is so yeah you know uh,
1: did she i think she did she won an oscar for that of course because of course she did
0: well there you go folks uh long long history of racism still ongoing so Mm -hmm. what else uh what else do we need to talk about
1: in terms of uh in terms of whitewashing i think we've feel like we've covered the great majority of it
0: yeah um yeah, I don't think I'd want to talk about anything else. Um
1: Yeah. I think like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna start getting more mad than I already yeah,
0: am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if we talk about this anymore, we'll probably just start yelling. Right. All right. Um that was another episode of Questions Like This. Um We We've been doing a lot of pretty long episodes. I'll probably cut this down. Uh yeah. but yeah. Um Join us next time, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about some more of your burning questions about the film industry. My name is Aristo.
1: And I'm Alex.
0: And thanks for listening, and uh, Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year, guys. Take care.
3: Getting to know you. Ah. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you getting to like you getting to hope you like me getting to know you putting it my way but nicely you are precisely my cup of tea getting to know you Getting to feel free and easy When I am with you Getting to know what to say Haven't you noticed Suddenly I'm bright and breezy Because of all the beautiful and new things I'm learning about you Day by day, getting to know I'm you, you. Getting, getting to know I'm all I'm about I'm you, getting I'm to like it. you, getting to hold you like me, you. getting to know. It's so